to uh, let's go to the book of Colossians. And uh, man, I tell you, it's one thing, uh, brother uh, Osuna is another grandfather. Uh, as of last night, Joel had her baby. It's a baby girl, and uh, so we congratulate him. But um, you know, you have a child, and you you go, wow, this is so awesome, and you have you have no idea what it's like to 18 years later turn around and watch them walk down your driveway and uh and and those 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 emotions and everything that comes over you is uh something that you really can't plan for you don't foresee coming and you know you have your dad or your mom are always saying well you know uh great you have children they're going to break your heart (laughs) they're going to leave you one day and they're going to do all these things and you just think in your mind that's not going to happen and 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 you, you as much as you try to plan for it, you just never you never really can. But I'll tell you this: I love being a dad, and I am so thankful to God that my children are saved, and I'm so thankful to God that they were raised in this church and that they want to serve the Lord. And I'm so grateful for all that God has allowed in my life and in, in the Gridleys' lives, and just watching our girls grow up together. And so it's been a huge, huge blessing. And uh, they're done with school now, and and uh, at least what they have to do, and now they can continue their education on apparently what they want to do. And uh, we praise the Lord for that. Colossians chapter 3, you've been sitting for a little while, so let's stand together. I'm going to read several verses, and, and uh, we may not get through this, and, and if we don't, praise the Lord, if we do, praise the Lord. But uh, I want to talk about family, stewardship and family. Last week we talked about finances, and and the need to steward the gift of God uh, on our life as far as the wealth or the ability to get that wealth. And uh, today I want to talk about the family a little bit, and, uh, and we'll do as much as we possibly can for the glory of God. Colossians chapter 3, look down at verse 16 for me. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Now look up here. That's a statement of someone who's talking to stewards. Whether it's in word or in deed, God says as a child of God, do it in the name or you could say this way for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Because everything belongs to him. He's the owner. Now notice the next verse. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as it is fit to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. That's another statement of the owner. And he talks about the marriage relationship. And he talks about the children's relationship in relation to the parents. So he first talks about the word of God. Then he says, what you're doing, you need to do whatever it is in the name of of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the first thing that he brings into that context is the family. Now notice in verse uh, 21, fathers provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily. Notice this phrase as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive the wrong for which he hath done, and there is no respecter 
of persons. You kind of get the idea now when we're when our mindset is about stewardship and God speaks here and says, listen, here's what I want you to understand. I'm the owner of all things and everything that you have comes from my hands. Now, as I give you what I'm giving you and in the context of this service, your family, as I give them to you, what do I want you to do with them? I want you to service and manage them for my sake. I want you to steward those relationships for the glory of God. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 23, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto man. Why? Because they're gifts of God. So I want to talk to you this morning for a few minutes about stewardship and family. Let's pray again. Father, thanks again for the day. Thank you for being so gracious. And now, Lord, we thank you for your word. As we open it, we pray that you'd give us understanding. We pray that you'd give us, Lord, wisdom to rightly apply the scriptures to our life. And I pray that when we leave here, we'll be different. Thank you so much for the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you that it's free. Thank you that it's forever. And God, thank you for the people that you've given to each to us to enjoy it with. Thank you for our families. And on a day when we are preparing in the next several weeks to say goodbye to parts of our family... We are so grateful for the time that you have given them to us. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd bless the word of God richly in our hearts. I pray that you'd help me to get out of your way, fill me with your spirit, that you would use me simply as your mouthpiece. I yield myself to you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. In our series about stewardship, we've learned that all we have has been given to us by God. And I'm pretty certain, fairly certain, that we would all agree that of all the physical blessings in life that we have been given, none compare to the gifts of our families. None of them compare to the gifts of our wives and the gifts of our children. In fact, the Bible teaches us that principle. Uh, in Proverbs 18:22. God says, Whoso findeth the wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Um, in Proverbs 19:14, A prudent wife is from the Lord. It's very apparent as you read the word of God, that God says, listen, if you're fortunate enough to have a wife, it's from me. She's from me. If you're fortunate enough to be married, you're each other's gifts to each other. Now you're not two, you are one. And that's from me. And then he goes on in Ecclesiastes 9, 9, live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of, the, uh, of, of thy life, which he hath given thee under the sun for that is thy portion in this life. Very, very early on and throughout the Bible, he reemphasizes the relationship of a husband and a wife. And he reminds us that he has given those individuals to each other as gifts. And then he goes on, Psalm 127, verse 3, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of thy youth. Happy is the man that had this quiver full of them. So it's very apparent, is it not, that... God not only appreciates the family and he honors the family, but he wants us to appreciate the gifts that he's given to us. And of all the things that we've been given by God, our families are the most valued. Our families are the most precious. Studies show that 63% of parents list their families as their greatest single source of pleasure. And they should be. They really genuinely should be. In other words, family matters. And if there's one thing that I would like to encourage our graduates with is this, your God, uh, you are God's, I'm sorry, your God's gift, we are God's gift to you and you are God's gift to us. 
you've been given a gift in the family that you've been placed in. So don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted one day of your life. You live with, uh, you will live with, you'll work with, and you'll associate with people who don't have the foundation that you have. You're going you're gonna to experience those people. By the grace of God, you had that foundation. By the grace of God, you were raised with parents who love you. By the grace of God, you were raised with parents that stayed married. By the grace of God, you were raised with a family that stayed in the same church. All of that is a gift of God. And so I just want to lay that out to you this morning to to help you to realize what a blessing it is to have us (laughs) as parents and to be in the place of life that you are. But I want you to understand this. We already do that. We already have expressed the fact that we are so grateful to God. And all of us as parents need to look at our children and we need to realize we are so thankful for you. We're so thankful that you're ours. We're so thankful for the time that we have had with you in our life. I think of all, all of us would agree that our families matter to us, but as a matter of stewardship, we must understand that they truly matter to God. Because he's the one that gave you to us. He's the one that gave us to you. He's the one that entrusted you with us. His will is that we care and manage this gift to its full potential in our lives and all for his glory. Whatsoever you do in word and deed in the context of your marriage, in the context of work, that marriage, that this, this family life, you know, if you'll look down, it goes into servants. But I truly believe that as he's speaking of that, he understands that you're going to work As a representative, not only of him, but as a result of what your family has made you. And it's very evident to me that family matters to God. His will is that we care and manage that gift. So as the people of God, I want to challenge all of us this morning to look at our families from God's perspective as gifts. Listen, if we take the position of ownership, it changes everything. But if we take the position of stewardship, it changes everything better. It says... Look, these are not mine. They're on loan. How I steward these relationships, how I steward these gifts is going to matter in the end to God. Notice what the Bible says in verse 25 or verse 24, knowing that the Lord of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect or persons. God doesn't say, I'm going to judge your parenting based on who you are. I'm going to judge your parenting with how your stewardship is. You're going to stand before me and you're going to give an account for your life as to what you did with that gift of a spouse and to how you raised those children for the glory of God or for not. Now, As we take a biblical approach to our family, there are several elements of life that require our serious attention as faithful stewards. And and, and I I really had like this many, and I tried to boil them down as much as I possibly could just to be, just to kind of be general today in a swath. So in the next about 15 or 20 minutes, I want to give you these three things, all right? First of all, I I want us to take note and remember and consider the stewardship of our time. The stewardship of our time. Now, in the context of family, we know the value of time, right? And I want you to turn in your Bible, if you will, for a moment to the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, if you don't know where that's at, you can do two things. You can go to the index, and you could, that's at the beginning of the Bible, and you can look up the page number, or you can go to Psalms and turn right, <laughs> right? Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It's Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. That's how it goes. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I remember one time... 
a lady in our school, uh, she was getting ready to have a baby, and, and uh, she was older in her age, wasn't expecting it, but was having a baby. And she made the statement to me, she goes, yeah, I love being a mom, but I just wish they would come with an owner's manual. <laughs> and I made the statement to her, well, you know, luckily, we do have an owner's manual, it's called the Bible. And so, as a parent, what I'm about to read to you, as an adult, we get it, but as a parent, in the context of parenting, and in the context of our marriage that we have with the people that we share and love life with, all right? I want you to read the context of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant, a time to pick up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather them together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Now look up here. In the context of our families, we all understand the value and the importance of time. Studies show that the greatest regret in families is that they wish that they had more of it. The fact of the matter is you look at your daughter or your son when they grow up and they walk away and you go, man, where did the time go? I wish I just had more time. I wish I just had one more day in the context of your marriage. When that person is gone, you and I are going to look in, in the mirror and go, where did the time go? When my mom died after 52 years of marriage, my dad was a wreck. All he wanted was more time. And it goes so fast, doesn't it? Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a while, a little time and then vanisheth away. Job 7, 6, my days are as swifter than a weaver shovel, shuttle and are spent without hope. It, it, it's a fact of the matter that, that time is something that is a precious commodity, especially in the context of relationships within the family. We all have the same amount of time, and as, we, uh, and as a stewardship, it only comes around once. In the time that we have, according to Ecclesiastes chapter 8, if you just go back and read through those things, it's amazing all the different things that happen in time, isn't it? It's amazing how many of these, these things you can immediately, immediately take out of those eight verses, and you can lay them as a pattern over your children, and over your marriage, and over your family life, and you could say, man... We've had a time for this and a time for that and a time for the other thing and all of these things. It's amazing how many ups and downs and circumstances take place in life and in time. Understanding that should charge us to think about how we're using it. If we're going to go through all of these things and time is going to bring these circumstances, then, then we should be effective stewards of the time that God has. Have we been good stewards of that? Are we trying to make up for that? Do I, do I live with regret? Oh, I think every parent would probably say that. I think every parent with any heart at all would say, yeah, I wish I'd have done it a little bit differently that, that year. I, I wish I'd have done it a little bit differently when this was going on in their life. That's a stewardship of time. Let me give you three suggestions this morning. No, letter A, I, I think we all need to plan our time. Plan your time. Now, we're not all planners, but planning time together is not usually too difficult, right? 
Let me encourage you to plan time, but not just time in general. Listen, I'm for family time. I'm going to take some this summer. And I want you to do it, and you should do it. But there is something more important than just time when it's just for time's sake. It's time with God and the family. Plan your time. Let me encourage you to plan time in God's word as a family. Listen to this. Psalm 90 and verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. What is Moses writing there? He's saying, God, what we should do with the time that you've given us is to plan it in the word of God. Have a family time in the word. Your kids will never regret it. It will only help them. No kid is ever going to leave your house and go, man, I wish we hadn't read the Bible every night. I wish dad wouldn't have been so faithful to the word of God. I wish mom wouldn't have prayed so biblically. No, no, no child's ever going to do that. No, that's part of training them up in the way that they should go. Right? That's planning your time and planning it biblically. Do you have time with your family around the word of God? Remember Paul wrote to Timothy and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Um, Jonathan Edwards said the greatest thing that I could bequeath to my children is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. It wasn't money. It wasn't even a free country. He said, the greatest thing I can leave my children is freedom in Jesus Christ. When we think about planning our time, we need to think about planning our time with God in mind. That's why you're here in church, by the way. You've decided that your family needs to be in the house of God. That's part of planning your time to give yourself the wisdom. Secondly, not just planning your time, enjoy it. If you only have a limited amount of days with your kids, you might as well enjoy it. Don't, don't begrudge it. Don't, don't try to hide from it. Um, don't, I, I hope that you enjoy time with your spouse. I hope you enjoy your marriage. I mean, that should be a given, but I feel like we need to say that. Like, like the culture has decided that marriage isn't worth it and that you don't have to be married in order to be happy. No, the Bible says the bed, uh, that uh, marriage is honorable in all and that bed is undefiled. And so God says, look, if you want to put honor on something, I'm going to put honor on marriage. The question is, do we? Do we honor that which God honors? Do we honor the blessing of family? And if we do, to do so is to enjoy it. Man, this is a gift. I've only got it for so long. With all that a family will go through in a given span, we must try hard to enjoy it. I hope you enjoy your family. I hope this summer you'll enjoy family time. I hope it won't be awkward when you pull out the Bible or devotion book. I, I, hope it'll, I hope it'll be something that you work hard for. Work hard at enjoying all the aspects of time with your family. Work hard at enjoying the questions that they ask you. Right? When, when Ashley was little, she would just ask a question. She, you know, she'd look and see something outside of the car. She'd ask a question about it and then ask a question. And, and it was, it was mind numbing, right? And, and yet what we've had to learn is, you know what? I would rather them ask us a question than someone else. I'd rather ask them from someone who could give them a biblical worldview instead of giving them a philosophical worldview, man's view of man, right? Is everybody with me this morning? Somebody say amen, because I think you're sleeping. The fact of the matter is, I need to learn to enjoy all of the things that without the Spirit of God may be annoying. But through the Spirit of God, I can enjoy them. I can be like, man, I can do a lot of things. Enjoy the games. How many families play games? How many are like me and you play a game and everyone else wins and you're just game fodder? <laughs> that, that's normally my role. Everyone else is playing and I'm enduring. 
right? It doesn't matter what the game is normally. Normally, on occasion, I may be fortunate enough to win. God's shining down on me at that moment. But normally, it's not me. And, and, and I, I have to work hard at enjoying those moments and during the games, right? Um, and, and why do I want to do that? Because I have a limited time, of the, uh, limited time with my kids. I have a limited time with my wife. One day, one of us is going to die. And we won't have each other anymore. And what am I going to do then? Am I going to be like, do I want to live with regret at the graveyard? Or do I want my wife to live with regret at the graveyard? No. We want to enjoy the time that we have. By the way, which means if you're fighting, stop. Don't let the devil win. Let peace win. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't be so weak that you can't give into the spirit. Somebody be humble and invite the grace of God again in it, uh, into your life and enjoy the time that you have. Time is too short for regrets. Would you agree? Time is too short to let the devil win as children of God. Plan your time. Enjoy your time. The Bible says in Psalm 4, 7, thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn or their wine increased. What is that? That means that God is fulfilling your life in a greater way than things could ever do it. And that joy only comes from God. I can enjoy my family if I have the right perspective. Let her see. Be accountable for your time. Be accountable for it. Ecclesiastes 3, 7, I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. God made us parents. God let us be spouses. And he said, what I want you to do is understand that before me one day, you will be completely open and naked and you will be judged by your stewardship. I'm not a respecter of persons. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time there for every purpose and every work. One of the reasons I'm so glad God gave me more than three children is because when every one of them left, I became more aware of the value and the importance of time. I wouldn't have learned that lesson had it stopped at Austin. And so with everyone that leaves, I remember, oh yeah, I remember driving away with my heart ripped open out of my chest when we dropped off Ashley at college. And for 45 minutes, we just, we all, everybody in the car, we just cried. We just cried and cried and cried. 45 minutes, we're driving out, I'm on the 138. Can't see the road hardly because I'm just full of tears. Nobody's saying anything. It literally was like a morgue inside of the vehicle. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, Ashley's gone. In five years, this will be Preston. In seven years, it will be Austin. And I thought, this is awful, but I only have so much time left with them. I need to be a better steward of that time. I, I, I need to value that. How are you stewarding your time? Let me give you number two, and I think it will probably be finished here. Not only is there a stewardship of time, I think there's a stewardship of truth. In Colossians chapter 3, it's, it, we literally, literally started with this verse in verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. The best way to grow in a marriage, the best way to grow as a family is in the word of God. Scripture 
And what you do with it is the key to every relationship because it's the key to every grace that you need for it. Um, the same thing is true for your family as a whole. And I want you to just to hear a few things and then we're done. Letter A, we're responsible for knowing the truth and obeying the truth. Every individual Christian, every husband, every wife, every child. The Bible says in our text, wives submit. 19, husbands love. Verse 20, children obey. Verse 21, fathers provoke not your children to anger. So he's covering the responsibilities that are found where? In the word of God. Now, look, I got to be honest with you. I was raised in a Christian home, but when I got married, I didn't know what a Christian marriage was. Anybody else in that same boat? I mean, okay, yeah, my parents were Christians. We went, we did the church thing, but I didn't know what a Christian marriage was supposed to look like other than what I thought was a Christian marriage. And then I turned out, I was like, wow, there's a whole lot that the Bible addresses that I don't know how to do. I've never seen it working. I've never watched my mom and dad do this. I don't know the context of being a parent from a biblical perspective because I never saw it. I wasn't parented that way, right? And so, and yet when I became a parent, and when I became a husband, I didn't say, well, if I didn't see it, it's not real. Or, well, God, I guess this is just the husband that my wife's going to get. This is just the way that I am because of my parents and doesn't matter now. And when I stand before you, I'm just going to be like, hey, it doesn't matter because this is the way that I am. No. As soon as God revealed the truth, who was responsible for it? You're looking at it. I had to be able to say, God, if that's what you say, then I humbly submit to it. And I don't want to have any other kind of marriage. I don't want to have any other kind of family, but a family that honors you. I want you to know that these are gifts and I value them and I want to steward them for the glory of God. That's the importance of being responsible for knowing and obeying it. First Peter 3, 7, likewise, you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. Huge verse. Ephesians 6, 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Listen, knowing and obeying God's word goes beyond family relationships. It's about life. But everyone's faith is determined by a biblical worldview and practice. And where does that start? Praise God. It starts in the family. God says, look, Use the word of God early. Get them saved early. Now model that Christian life. And, and, and what do you think would be the product of a little boy or a little girl that sees faith in the grace of God as a little child and grows in that grace and grows in that faith and sees the examples and them tempering all of the circumstances that come into life because of time, according to Ecclesiastes 3 verses 1 through 8, and letting them experience the grace of God and growing their faith what do you think would be the product of that individual that sees the world as anti-God and sees God as greater than the world? What do you think would be the result when they first step out of their parents' door and into the world? It won't be shock and awe. It will be standing firm on the foundation of the word of the living God. That's what it will be. We have been lied to by our own circles that say, no, you can't just shelter your children. You've got to expose them. They need to see it. No, they don't. Not until they know that book. Because that book is going to teach them that everything out there is not for that book. It's not for the will of God. And I'm not going to turn my child over to someone that doesn't care about the will of God for their life. 
Because I've spent 18 years trying to point them to a person. I'm sure not going to point them to someone that's going to rip him out of their life. I want to make sure that my children have the foundation. So when the winds come and the waves splash and everything happens in Ecclesiastes 3 verses 1 through 8 in their life, they're still standing when it's all over. Amen. Hallelujah for that. I want my children to know God. He'll take care of the rest. I want them to love God. I want them to serve God. And that begins with me being responsible for knowing the word of God and obeying the word of God. Secondly, we're responsible for teaching it. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Pretty clear. I want my family to know that God doesn't make mistakes. I want them to know that. I want them to know that God's ways are perfect. I want them to know that a marriage is between a man and a woman forever and that God created all things in six days. I want them to know that children are alive at conception and that death and life are in the power of God. I want them to know that the pursuit of God's perfect will is the highest calling of God on this earth. I want them to know that there is no better life than the one that God has called them to live. I want them to know that a life built on the foundation of Jesus Christ and his word can withstand anything and that despite what the world may say, he can do anything by his power. I want them to know that God can furnish a table in the wilderness. Can God bring good out of something bad? I want them to say yes. Can God bless his people in the midst of fear? Can he do it in the midst of war? Can he do it in the midst of doubt? Can he do it in the midst of despair? Can God bless his people in the midst of inflation, uh, in recession, in unemployment? Can God bless, bless in the middle of death and disease? I want them to say, yes, my God can. I want my children to know that my God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in us so that unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. And Paul says, amen to that. That's what I want my kids to know. Why? Because I'm responsible to teach them that. I'm burdened by what families know and don't know. About how great God really is. We cannot afford to make decisions for our marriages. We cannot afford to make decisions for our families based on feelings. We must make them by faith. And that faith must be rooted and built up through the word of God dwelling in us richly. Man, we've been blessed. I've been blessed as a dad. I have been Jenna's dad for 18 years. By the way, I'll always be her dad. Now I just have to kind of take a different role as a dad. I have to do it a little farther as a distance. And that took me a few times getting used to, by the way. I'm still getting used to it in some, in some ways. But I'll tell you this. I think by God's grace that my wife and I have stewarded more of the time and more of God's truth in a better way this time around than we had the first three times around. 
not because we're better parents, because God is so gracious. And God has taught us, hey, I just want you to see this time leaving you, and I want you to see it as a gift from me. I want you to see this truth that I've given you and the importance and the profound impact it can make on the heart and the life of someone who will receive it. Now let me ask you a question. How's your stewardship concerning your family? Here's the great part about it. Even if it's not good, it can be today. Even if it's not been good, it can be today by the grace of God. Many times I have knelt before God and said, God, forgive me for wasting time. Forgive me for wasting time with my wife. Forgive me for wasting time with my kids. God, I confess to you, in this situation, I didn't show them the truth. God, I didn't guide them by the truth. I didn't live by the truth. I'm so sorry. And I'll never get that time back. But by your grace and forgiveness, I don't ever have to repeat it. By your grace and forgiveness, by your blood, I can be better for it now. That can be you today. You can have the grace of God on your life. You can have it in your marriage. You can be a better steward. I think we could all, I think the one, the one beautiful thing about being honest with God and, and in a place like this is saying, all of us could say, we could all be better stewards. God says, I, I want you to be a faithful steward. I've given you these gifts. I want you to cherish them, but don't cherish them as yours. This is what we tend to do with all of God's blessings. They're mine. And God says, no. That's why when you let them go, it hurts so bad because they get ripped out of your hands. Instead of raising them, knowing that one day as an arrow of a mighty man, you're going to launch them out. Take some years to fashion that arrow. Take some years to see the mark the way that they should go. That makes an impact why? By the grace of God. You've taken what God's given you and said, Lord, this is not mine. I just get her for a little while. I remember the first time thinking, I've been alive now out of my dad's house than I have been in my dad's house. Weird feeling to be 40 years old and to look back and say it's equal now. 20 years out, 20 years in, like it's a prison sentence, but 20 years out, 20 years in, and now I look back and say, my goodness, I've been out of the house 30 years of my life, 33, and go, wow. And then I have to look at it. When you study things like this, you go, God says, what have you done with those 33 years that really matter as a steward? And I don't know how that impacts you, but I'll tell you, it impacts me in a very convicting way because the Holy Spirit of God, when he seeks the nooks and the crannies of your heart, he sees everything that you don't or everything that you overlook. And I want you to know this. It's liberating to go back to the grace of God and not just find forgiveness, but beg for more grace. I can't have more time, but I can have all the grace God can give me. And so can you. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for your goodness to us. Thanks for kids. Thanks for our wives and for our husbands. Thanks for giving us families. God, families look real different today. There, there are many families that consist of only one parent. I think of one 
in our church, Lord, that told me she was traveling this weekend and she's been raising her kids on her own for a while after her husband left. Lord, it's hard. It's hard being a single parent. It's hard being a kid to a single parent. It's hard because decisions like that burden children, though they may be, as some say, resilient and they get through it, they never really get over it. And Lord, largely, the home and family today in the United States of America looks drastically different from the one you lay out in Scripture. So Lord, today what I'm asking for, first is mercy, secondly is for grace. These parents need you so badly, Lord. I pray they would recognize that today. I pray that we would all as parents recognize the precious gifts that we have in our children. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to steward our time with them. Help us to enjoy it. Help us to plan it. Help us to purpose in our hearts to bring in the truths of the Bible. Lord, to the, to the good man, to the spiritual man, to the spiritual woman. It's not awkward when you mention the Bible and Scripture and God when you look at creation, when you look at something amazing like life, Lord, it's not difficult. It's beautiful. I pray that we would enjoy that. I pray, God, that you'd use the word of God in us today. I pray that your hand would be upon us. Help our homes, Lord, to be what they should be. Help us to steward them faithfully for the glory of God. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask Jenna to play just for a moment. I wonder right there where you, where you are, would you just take a moment and speak to the Lord? about the stewardship of your family, your spouse. Do you view them as a gift of God? Do you value them as a gift of God? Would you just consider the stewardship of your time with them? Would you consider the truth powerful responsibility that comes with being married and being a parent. Just ask the Lord to search you this morning. Make the decision by faith that your stewardship will be for His glory. Are you doing it heartily as unto the Lord? Let's all stand together with our heads bowed.